Today on Podcast by the Bay, an exclusive interview with Millbrae Mayor Gina Pappen. I enjoy working within my community, and I think the community is really coming together. Dynamically, it has changed. We've become a lot more diverse, which is a good thing. Who discusses the current projects such as housing and transportation. Whatever goes into the developments around the station area, according to our plan, needs to enhance public transportation and not make it more difficult. And I think that's being lost in certain things that are being proposed right now. And it needs to be brought to the top of the discussion. All on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at HighwaySoul.com. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty. Serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com And now, another Podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre. And this is Patrick. And welcome to another rendition of Podcast by the Bay. We are happy to have you with us. And we are happy to have all the feedback and all the listeners out there that have been reaching out to us and just giving us some good ideas and things to talk about. And so today we are excited. Patrick and I are very excited. We have an exclusive interview with Mayor Gina Pappen of Millbrae. And so, Patrick... You were there, you got to speak with Gina, and can you give us a little background about Millbrae and, and Gina for the listeners? Absolutely. Let me give you a little background about Millbrae. Millbrae was uh, bought um, from the Sanchez family in 1860s, and Darius Ogden Mills bought it. Uh, everybody knows it is the former Mills estate, was bordered by the skyline, Bayshore, and 101, and Truesdale, the estate became known as Millbrae, Mills meaning a Scottish word for Bray, and which means the rolling hills or hill of slope. Uh, children swam in three lakes situated in the estate, and, and they sold uh, acreages to tourists before the Mills family began to sell the land for development. The uh, spectacular mansion burned down in 1954. Uh, Millbrae used as a uh, patrol financed by fees from merchants and residents until 1941. When the uh, San Mateo County Board of Supervisors created the Millbrae Police District records and the Internal Revenue Service document the license of several Millbrae bars gambling places. Uh, this is also a uh, claim to fame for the 16 Mile House, and that's where a lot of politicians and uh, probably gamblers went there. Um, I had a great opportunity to interview Gina Pappen. Uh, Gina Pappen comes from a family of people, Lou Pappen, who is well known for his, uh, as a state assemblyman and a very dedicated person. Gina Pappen has a younger sister who also is a city council person in the city of San Mateo. 
Uh, Gina is a fighter. She's also an attorney by practice. She practices with the state of California for the state. Um, the interview is very, very exciting, very, very spirited. She took her time off on a Sunday to meet with me at City Hall, and that I greatly appreciate. She's very spirited about what's happening with the housing and what the transportation. Uh, as you all realize, it was a critical vote uh, that happened for a Millbrae project that they're working on building housing right near the uh, BART area and corridor, corridor transportation area. Gina voted against it. I think once you listen to her interview with me, you'll find out why she voted against it. And as you know, it did pass three to two. Uh, housing's in demand, but she's so passionate about the uh, transportation issue and the housing issue that you can't have one without the other. So she's really a little bit discouraged about the lack of BART's cooperation to make more turnabouts into the airport. As you know, Millbrae is a central location on the peninsula to the airport, and currently they're only going in there not as often as they need to to make it more cost-effective. Uh, Gina's a leader. I think you're going to be excited to listen to her. And uh, we're, I hope the listeners are looking forward to listening to Gina Pappen because she's going to give you uh, the message like it is uh, based on her experiences. And again, you've got in uh, uh, the night in, in Millbrae is just a wonderful place to live. It's got, um, as you know, it has shopping. It has it's the pivotal location for the Cal, Cal trains as well as it is for the BART connection. So uh, without further ado, I think we should go on with the interview with uh, Gina Pappen. So thanks thanks for all that insight. Actually, I didn't know some of that history, but I, I do appreciate you bringing that up. And I think most of us do know Broadway Avenue on uh, Milbury, right? Um, it's just a you know wonderful place. Uh, little district you can go through there with your family and, and there's all kind of great restaurants um there's a 16 mile house you mentioned there's the milbury art and wine festival right that's the one that a lot of people go to um i you know so um i do wanted to bring up something because i think this is relevant and you actually highlighted it a little bit so there was this big development that they voted on right so this this is kind of happening right now now this is not dislike any other development that's happening, right? In Redwood City, Palo Alto, I mean, all up and down the peninsula, right? Even in the South City right now, there's developments. Foster City, right? Saris Regis, right? Uh, San Mateo, the, uh, the water park one. So I think that what we're seeing is this development across the peninsula, right? We are seeing this across. Now, one of the dynamics you just brought up, Patrick, and this is fascinating to me, how the housing integrates with the with the actual transportation and because Milbrae has the Caltrans and the BART and the airport all right there this is ground zero for this dynamic right and so this is fascinating to me to actually hear you know some of the kind of dichotomy between the housing issues and this demand for housing compared to the actual transportation and how people can really balance and understand that dynamic so just how do you feel about that? How do you feel about really the, the, the housing versus transportation? Well, I, I, I think uh, the surveys on the peninsula are showing that the uh, transportation is more important than even the housing. Um, and because it, it just building more housing is not necessarily going to solve the transportation problem, but it's going to compound it. Um, and for our featured 
uh, listeners, we are going to have an exclusive interview with Seamus Murphy, who represents uh, Samtrans, but also is the communication director for uh, for most of all of the uh, facilities we're talking Caltrains and Samtrans and stuff like that. And I had the opportunity when talking to Gina Pappen, our mayor Gina Pappen, she had a spirited discussion with Seamus. Um, and just talking about that same thing. Now, I think when you listen to both of them, um, and Andre, you bring up a really good point. The environmental impact reports have to be studied a lot closer than they are. We've got to match our housing with our transportation, and we're not doing that. We're not collectively matching. Um, we're just saying we're going to put so many parking spaces out there and that environmentally uh, we're not going to have any more traffic. I, I think there's two different studies here, and, and the studies are not updated. And I and I think that, that we're just building, 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 um, only to fill the coffers to to help the cities probably uh, work on their retirement. So I, I think there's a bigger uh, a bigger uh, apple to carve, so to speak, and I think we need to uh, kind of look closely at what's happening on the peninsula. And we need to deal with transportation just as important as housing, and I think they go hand in hand. Wow, well, I appreciate your feedback on that. And, and that actually, I, I, I agree. I think they do go hand in hand. And I know there's bills out, right? You know, this, the SB 827 or 857, I think it is. And there, there, there's a lot of things actually happening out there. And I think for a future show, we're going to actually be able to get more into some of those discussions and, and to hear about really some of the understanding behind, behind some of the housing issue. But I think for right now, let's go ahead and get to the interview with Gina Pappen. I think this is a very nice we – we got to have an exclusive interview, part of our Mayor on the Peninsula series. And I think um, – you know, appreciate all your time in doing this, Patrick. And so, yeah, all the listeners out there, if you have any questions, if you have any feedback, please send us an email, podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcastbythebay. You can be our friend. Okay, and if, I can do, and if I can do one more commercial out there, if you have not heard your mayor, reach out to your mayor and tell him to, to call us at Podcast by the Bay. We're almost halfway through the mayor's series we're excited about it, but we know how busy these mayors are. But let them know that it's important for their message to get out to the listeners on Podcast by the Bay because they're their voters, they're their residents, their constituents. They need to hear from their mayor. So please encourage your mayor to uh, interview with us, and we're, we would be more than delighted to spend a few moments with him or her. All right. You heard it from Patrick and myself. All right. Here we go. Stay tuned. We're, we're live with Podcast by the Bay. We're honored to be interviewing Gina Pappen. Gina Pappen is the mayor of Millbrae. And welcome to Podcast by the Bay, Gina. Thank you, Patrick. Can you give us a little background of how you got in politics and what's your educational background? Uh, okay. Uh, this is my third term on the Millbrae City Council so and my third term as mayor. Uh, I got involved in politics kind of having grown up in politics with my father and seeing exactly what you can give back to your community, uh, how you can assist your community and make it better. And so that's what motivated me. But my career has always been public service. I've been a deputy attorney general for the state of California for almost 25 years now. So my day job is also public service. Uh, my sister and I also run a nonprofit. So we really see the needs of the community um, at the 
levels that most people never see. And your sister's on the city council in the city of San Mateo. Yes. Wow. She is. She's the deputy mayor down there. Well, your dad's got to be proud of both of you guys because you guys are still giving back. We hope so. Yes. Now, um, can you um, tell us a little bit about what uh, you feel are your goals as mayor that you'd like to see accomplished? Well, this is probably the most challenging opportunity um, I've had as the mayor of Millbrae because we have enormous projects ahead, uh, enormous developments that the city has never seen before. We have extreme challenges in that our recreation center burnt down about a year and a half ago, tragically, and we have to restore the um, programs as quickly as possible. We have temporary facilities uh, right here in our parking lot, but those again are only temporary and we have to move towards building a brand new structure that will allow the public uh, sustainability throughout and um, greater opportunity. The old facility was built in 1970 and it was a smaller population. We have a greater population now and the demands are greater, so we look forward to working with the public and making that a reality. But the big projects are around our station area right now. Uh, two to three different projects. Uh, for your listeners' sake, Millbrae, Millbrae Station Area is the largest intramodal center west of the Mississippi. And by that it means this is where everything comes together. Caltrain, BART, um, corporate shuttles, SAMTRANS. Um, it is a direct link to SFO, which tragically is not operated enough by BART, and that's a very significant issue that we have currently. Uh, we want people to get off the highways, yet public transportation is not receiving the attention that it needs. We have too many transit agencies. They'll all tell you, well, we met with BART, or we met with Caltrain, <laughs> and nothing happens as a result of those meetings. And uh, one other element, too, of the Millbrae Station area is, by law, it is a high-speed rail stop. So 10,000 people go in and out of that station every day. Well, that's incredible. What do you think about BART going further down the peninsula? Do you think that's needed? No, I don't think that's needed at okay. all. It's not a reality with the electrification of Caltrain. Um, that should be making things more convenient, a lot more quiet along the corridor. Uh, sadly, if you've been on a BART train lately, I downloaded the app for noise. The decibels on the BART train, I don't think they even meet the sound qualifications. It's just, if you don't clean the tracks enough, the noise level from the train just running is enormous. Wow. On the, you'll see people with earphones on just to protect their hearing. So the, the maintenance is uh, really lacking out there on the BART station? Absolutely, okay. it's lacking. And and just years ago, San Mateo County got into a bad deal with BART, so we have no representation on the BART board. And I've been to a few BART board meetings. They really don't care what happens in San Mateo County. Wasn't BART actually established prior to Prop 13? So I think if I recall, it was the Board of Supervisors that approved that. That did not necessarily go to the vote of the people? No, I think back in the day, San Mateo County voters were asked if you would, you know, originally the plan should have been it just connects with SFO. But back in the day when they asked the San Mateo County voters, before I was able to vote, um, they said, no, we don't want to pay for that. 
And that's my understanding of what happened there. But, I mean, it is just, they've done really nothing to the stations in San Mateo County. The station in Milbury has been there since 2003 with not one ounce of retail in it. You've seen the station. It's huge. Absolutely. You could wheel in a seized candy cart during the holidays and make a little revenue, but nothing happens there. Uh, People go in and out, God bless, um, but there's no connection between buying a Caltrain ticket and a BART ticket, and it only takes cash. I mean, we want people to take public transportation, but they never make it easy. Right. Now, with, with uh, BART, isn't it pretty much funded by the state and federal government as far as their, their money and their ridership, and that kind of supplements their deficit they're running? Well, they've got a big bond they passed in the East Bay recently. Um, I'm sure they probably get some other funding. Um, I don't think it's state, um, but, uh, you know, I don't know what their funding is. Um, I just know that they're not, to me, a good business model whatsoever. You have the largest regional airport right here in San Mateo County, SFO. 50 million people go through there every year. 40,000 people work at SFO. Yet, their direct link to the Millbrae Station, and there is a direct link, is only weekdays after 9 p.m. and weekends. Now, if you look at the Oakland Airport in BART, it's every six minutes. Wow. It's horrific. Why, why don't we get that same service? Do you think we're not getting the traffic to go to the airport from Millbrae? Oh, uh, we are, but uh, why would anybody want to take it? Because right. literally, I've had people come to me and say, I went to the Millbrae BART station so that I could take the train to the airport, but it took so long, mm. I had to get back in my car to drive to the airport to get the plane. So oh. unless BART's willing to make that commitment and say, hey, we've got a new link here and we're going to encourage people to take Caltrain or take BART, use this connection. How do we get BART to listen to us, Gina? Well, for, I don't know, but we had one BART board member um, show up at our last council meeting, and I really put them on the spot there because we don't see them. They don't care. As I said, I've been to two BART board meetings, and I've tried to get them to understand the significance of public transportation in our region, and... uh, one bar board member was, I don't know why anybody would want to go to Millbrae. I don't know. Why. I mean, the ignorance. Well, let's kind of go back to the problem itself. Um, as you know, I've attended a lot of the transportation committees that have been put on for different cities and county. Um, as we mentioned, the only thing we, they were bragging about is their clipper card. Um, but we don't have the transportation that connects with cow trains, with BART, with SAM trams, and all that kind of stuff. I think we're a little bit outdated with that respect where you can go to several different cities in the United States and you have one application or one card that gets everybody anywhere they want in the town. Can we accomplish this the current way we're doing it? Because it doesn't seem to be on their agenda. It's not likely because there are too many transit agencies, none of which will work together. I mean, we are Silicon Valley. And it's taken the us, what, 20 years to get the clipper card going? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I went to school in England for a while. I had a card that got me on the train, that got me on the bus system, that got me on everything 
with one pass, one monthly pass. Can we do that, Gina? Do you think if we really push? Um, the, the great thing is, is that we're getting some of the big companies like Facebook and Google and everybody else involved uh, in the transportation issue recently. And Facebook has put a million dollars up to, to see the old uh, Dumbarton Bridge revised. What, what's your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that are we have a better solution right in front of us right now, which is we force these agencies to work together. We say, look, you know, I know you keep meeting. Bart, you meet with Caltrain, but why can't we get one ticket booth? Why can't we make, you know, this is the goal. We need to have set goals and they need to achieve them instead of just talking over one another right now. And I know they've been doing that for 30-plus years. Now, it's my understanding, and correct me, that they're all fighting for the same federal or state money based on ridership. Because as you remember a few years back, we had an issue with Sam Tramps where they, they, they felt that they falsified their ridership. And um, what they ended up doing is, is I think they backed off their ridership, and I think somebody resigned. But the ridership is the basis of making sure that Sam Trams is going, uh, the train is going. Um, how do we get them off that page? Uh, page? Because it seems like they, we need a transit district where they communicate with each other and that we're all fighting for the same dollars because I think it's they're fighting for the, the same amount of money uh, each time based on their ridership. You know, I think it's a lot of, as you say, fighting over the dollars, but without the consideration of the commuter. And a lot more consideration needs to be given to the commuters. Sam Trans probably would do better, and I don't have the answers, but if there were certain apps and all the apps coordinated with one another and you could make transportation accessible, convenient, and easy. My concern with the Millbury Station for One is that um, BART is proposing their developers proposing removing 500 parking spaces. Now, this is the largest intermodal center. What happens when and if, well, not when and if, but when at some point in time, high-speed rail occurs there? They value parking spaces at $25,000 a piece. That's something like $5 million where nobody's going to build new parking. And I get autonomous vehicles and all of that, but... I think we're losing focus in that we want people, if they're going to take their car, to take it to public transportation and get on public transportation. Okay, you, you kind of hook into a new, another thing, as you're probably aware or maybe not aware of, in the Bay Meadows uh, development out there of the housing, they did make a certain phase out there where it was required that they share a vehicle. Um, I don't know how well that's going to be enforced, but I think it was a a good approach to try to get people to use public transportation. It's been my pet peeve that, we, as you know, the state and federal government subsidize contractors if they build near a railroad or near BART or whatever. But the unfortunate thing is they don't necessarily make the people take BART or make take public transportation because we're still building garages. We're still building two-car and one-car garages. So in Millbrae, what are you guys going to be doing with some of your new development that you're going to be with the housing? Have you considered well, that? One of my greatest concerns is we love the corporate shuttles. And that has to be a priority. And our station plan requires that any developments that come in have 
the, maintain the shuttle bays and that people can get their corporate shuttles and get right to the station area. Now, it's been a struggle with developers thinking, you know, well, we're going to move the shuttle bays out here or we're going to reduce the number of shuttle bays. That is not the answer. We want people, again, go back to the convenience and accessibility for the commuters, those 10,000 people coming in and out of there. Certain developments, now I've talked to people down the peninsula that are putting in housing developments, and they're actually putting in shuttle um, turnarounds so that the people who live there can take the shuttles that last mile to public transportation, wherever that may be. It might be the San Mateo Station. It might be um, Burlingame Station. Throughout the region, that is more efficient if you want people out of their cars than developers who, I forget which the project was, but that's a smart idea here. Mm -hmm. We're going to help. We're going to, you don't even need to have a car if you're going to live here because we're got, we've got the shuttle turnaround. We'll have a regular shuttle to public transportation. That's one suggestion. Now, is Millbury uh, participating in the commuter.org that where some of the other cities are participating? Yes, we only oh, for years we've been commuting, doing that, but... To this day, we can't get an accurate number of actually how many shuttles are coming in and out of that station area. We're going to have to do our own study for that to make sure that our plan is consistent and it's up to date. I would suspect there are more shuttles than anybody even realizes, which is extremely important to us as we pursue, or not pursue, but we are evaluating certain developments that come in here. Because that is one thing. Do that you I have would a like. shuttle for your residents in 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 Millbrae that they can take to get uh, downtown or into your Broadway streets? We do not. We had one in the past. Um, we are looking at bike share programs to come in and out. Millbrae is uniquely small in that it's three point two square miles. So if I'm taking Bart, I can walk from my home, but we do have some significant hills <laughs> um, that make it difficult for some people, but we're hoping with either the ride share programs or um, bike share programs, we can make it more convenient for people to access the public transportation. But again, too, there's presently, we are struggling with the access to the station area. There's only one way in and out right now. There's an alternative way, which we would like to be maintained, but traffic, and a lot of people who are listening probably know, traffic at Millbrae Avenue and El Camino is rated in F. So it's a failure right now. Whatever goes into the developments around the station area, according to our plan, needs to enhance public transportation and not make it more difficult. And I think that's being lost in certain things that are being proposed right now, and it needs to be brought to the top of the discussion because we do, you have to understand, a lot of people will never be able to afford to live here, but they work in this region, and they need to get to and from their jobs. Now, if you look at the study that San Francisco did with their Transbay Terminal, they are quite uniquely aware that people are more likely to take public transportation to and from their jobs. Well, this brings us into another important uh, discussion, and that's housing. And I started out, a lot of cities have a different requirement for 
affordable housing or below market rents on new developments. What is Milbrae's policy? Milbrae has an established policy of 15%. And even before that, when there were redevelopment days, we have done our own affordable housing units um, near the Pancake House in Milbrae. Um, the other developments around the Milbrae station area have affordable housing um, aspects to them. So whatever new developments come in, and we are not anti-development, we have clearly stated that we understand the critical need for housing here, and we will be pursuing that. But it is not the only um, factor that we look at. It would be tragic if that were the only factor. Well, well, let's kind of go back to the housing thing and the buzzword on the peninsula in some cities, and I'll just use Foster City as, as an example, um, is called workforce housing, which necessarily uh, means a project that we have one in Foster City that they're considering to call the Saris Regis project, which uh, the developer was going to be retail and commercial and now is going back to residential. They're creating somewhat of a relationship with the city to give the city back workforce housing. Now, I'm not sure whether it's going to be workforce housing for police and fire, or is it going to be for teachers? So they're still trying to work those words out. Is there any buzzwords on any developments um, in Millbrae that would consider looking at workforce housing? And when I make that distinction, we, we look at uh, below market rent and affordable housing. That's something different than workforce housing. So what's, is the buzzword out here in Millbrae of considering workforce housing projects? Well, we've had we had in our history very unique workforce housing projects. The owner of the El Rancho actually bought an apartment complex next to the hotel and had his own workforce housing there. Wow! Which was very unique. Um, sadly, that was just sold, so we don't know what's going to happen there. But we are quite aware of that as well because of course that's a quality of life issue for the people that work within the city of Millbrae. There's been discussions about um, teacher housing um, at the Mills campus um, for the high school district and I think that type of discussion needs to occur at all the high schools throughout San Mateo County not just Millbrae but we look forward to seeing where that goes we have, again, we are limited property-wise. We're limited commercially speaking, too. So a significant part of our current uh, development area is also our one and only base, commercial base. So we have to have some sustainability within the developments that are occurring. Um, the plan is very clear on mixed use. So we will have housing. We will have commercial we have to maintain that balance so that the city can be sustainable as it moves forward. How many of the uh, people that work in the city of Millbrae actually live in the city of Millbrae? Oh, 20% maybe. That's I know 80% leave the city of Millbrae to go to work. Wow. So I would assume 20% or less actually work in Millbrae. Okay, on the on the affordable housing, how many projects do you have going right now that are going to be for senior housing or first-time home buyers? Um, I don't think any has been specifically designated for senior housing. Um, I do think the affordability element has been there, um, and they are 
uh, apartments. So not necessarily single family residents, although we have some intermingled throughout the city that are happening presently. Um, but there's nothing set as far as that. Our, I think we do have currently the oldest population uh, within the city of Milbrae in San Mateo County. So that in and of itself has been a challenge with an aging population and keeping them active um, is something that's very exciting. We just uh, brought in self-help for the elderly within the city of well, we got to get that rec center going, don't we? Yes, Tina? we do. Yeah. Um, with that said, um, um, and I want to uh, congratulate you talking about the housing on the campus, because as we all know, there's successful projects on the peninsula, Kenyatta College, College of San Mateo, have all developed housing on that model. And maybe that would be a similar model to look at, because I've heard nothing but good things about it. Have you heard anything about those models? It's almost similar oh. to Stanford um, University, too. With the yeah, camp. at the community college level, it has worked uniquely well. It's a new thing at the high school level, and it, it does concern some parents. Um, some of the things that were going around, Millbury would have been the first one, and, you know, it's it's a sensitive issue, but it's an issue that needs to be discussed and an issue that needs to be pursued. It can't just be Millbury. It needs to look at all the campuses throughout San Mateo County and we will go from there but it also needs to be a partnership too it can't be just high school we have elementary school teachers that need housing as well and we as taxpayers are paying for community college bills on our tax proper our tax bill we're paying for the high school district we're paying elementary school districts so you know we are paying for schools they are resources that are not fully utilized then I think have huge potential here. Uh, our auditoriums alone, spectacular. You've seen San Mateo High School's auditorium, Cappuccino's just as good, Mills has one too. And these are resources that I think can be leveraged more so to um, help the community bring in um, new arts programs, new performances, It'd be very exciting. Well, I'm excited that you're you're kind of looking outside of the box. I've been talking. Um, I had an opportunity to speak with Gavin Newsom, uh, that's running for governor, and I got a, a buzzword in about the housing shortage. He feels we have some, in the state we have something like 380 thousand units short uh, to fill the demand. Uh, and my next question was to him: Is this is what are we? And he he brought the answer back to me: What are we doing with our surplus state and county property? Is there enough uh, surplus property, do you think, maybe near, near the uh, BART station or the Caltrain station uh, that we could look at a development? I know a few years back I brought this up to the Board of uh, Supervisors in San Mateo County when we were going through some pretty much a big deficit and they were thinking about selling some of their property and I think the state took over the courthouse. Um, and, and as we realize in San Mateo County that, that uh, now they're renting from the state, so to speak. I don't, I don't know. What, what, what can we do? Is there any other uh, Well, solution? yeah, I think we can um, reutilize existing property. I think you're looking in the wrong place. I think the largest property owner inside San, San Mateo County from outside San Mateo County is the San Francisco PUC. Okay. And they have a lot of land in every single city. Um, they are probably the largest property owner in the city of Millbrae. 
They have a st um, water facility, I think, at both the eastern end of our city on El Camino mm -hmm. and up at the top on 280 there. Um, we have, I've worked with them uh, on one piece of property that's unutilized, and we hope to turn that into a dog park. Not, not to shift away from the importance of housing, of course, yeah. but there are other parcels of land that I think they would work with us, San Francisco PUC. Why aren't we having that discussion? I don't know. I've had discussions. I've toured my city with the PUC representatives, so I know where the properties are now, and I think we will be pursuing them in the future. Now, my, my, my dream, do you think the collaboration of other cities and other mayors to do that would put a little more pressure under them to uh, part with this land and make it more utilized? Well, I don't think they're going to be parting with their land. I think it can be um, utilized in different ways here. I mean, they have the right of way to that land, but... You know, if I put a dog park on top, that's fine, too. It would lessen the burden for, like, other properties around the area. But I think they do. They recently sold off two pieces of property in Millbrae that homes are being built on right now. Excellent. So they Excellent. are looking at that, uh, their outreach within San Mateo County. This just came up. I saw them laying the foundations. Uh, for these two homes, they are single family, but they are completely in residential areas there. But I think there's a lot more potential out there um, to work with the SFPUC and say, hey, this is a unique opportunity that we have, and can we work with you? And the way it actually works is they approach the city first to see if the city wants to purchase the land. If they don't, then the PUC will sell it to individual owners. Okay, a lot of cities have uh, kind of abandoned the first-time home buyer program and put it into uh, another organization, which is called HART. Mm -hmm. Is Millbrae working with HART? Millbrae has worked with HART for many, many years. Okay. Again, we get back to, too, though, uh, the uniqueness of Millbrae in that we have a very small commercial base. So we would like to participate more in various programs, but we are an active participant in HART and other programs. Uh, you know, you look at different cities, you look at Colma, although the population is extremely low, they have a large commercial base. So that would be our dream in Millbrae, mm -hmm. to have a bigger commercial base. But again, all we can hope for at this point in time is mixed use, so that we are providing housing, we are providing commercial, and we maintain our sustainability while also adding to the housing market. Okay. Um, recently, uh, a couple months ago, I and I know that I'm going to be talking about uh, your dad's stomping ground called Daly City. Yeah. Um, Seton Hospital um, obviously is exchanged hands, uh, mm -hmm. and it provides a lot of services in the community for a lot of the seniors and people in financial uh, challenges. Um, one of the properties that went on the market was 1500 Southgate. Uh, it was a former medical building. Uh, most of the doctors have left. I'm not sure that it did sell. Um, in my thought process, I thought it would have been an ideal piece of property for the, the county to work with uh, in regards to workforce housing with the city of Daly City. Um, unfortunately, um, once I thought it was a good idea and I decided to talk to the people that I knew in the county, um, I got the feedback from one person without mentioning names that said, well, we expect 
the cities or other places to find the property, and then we'll help you with it. Um, I thought Daly City being the, the largest city on the peninsula, uh, and that property being right on Southgate, right right below uh, the Seton Hospital, that somehow, because I think the county did an immense nice job to uh, make sure that we continued to secure Seton. So I'm thinking outside of the box, Gina. Am I, am I way off base, or what would you do? Well, I think we all need to think outside of the box, and I'm not sure it was just the county. The state attorney general's office had to approve the sale of Seton and the maintaining of services, so that is a part of the state operations here. We need to look, as you said, outside the box here. You mentioned a lot of companies that are coming in and expanding their campuses. There needs to be a discussion there, too. They need to be part of this housing because they are the ones that tend to be driving up the market prices and all of that. So if you're going to have all these people coming here to work, then you need to, I believe, the corporations start helping us with the workforce housing so that we can maintain this. The tragic part has been just even the shuttle drivers because you've got the tech people who are making a decent living and rising up the housing prices here but the service employees are really struggling you've seen specials on tv where the shuttle drivers are living in their car and you just it's tragic we need to be again i think it's going to come back to public transportation if the service workers have to work outside this region, I don't want them spending two hours in their car to get to and from work. If we were able to make public transportation something that was completely convenient, usable, affordable, I think that would greatly lessen the burden. Well, I, I, you know, I think Walt Disney uh, had a good idea with the monorail. It's too bad we don't have a monorail going down El Camino because that would branch out right near the bus system, right near the downtown, and would hook up the BART and well, Caltrain. Why aren't we thinking like that? I don't I mean, know. This is, I mean, these are the tragedies that people are just, you know, well, BART does this, Caltrain does that. It's like, let's start thinking outside the box, and let's start making these things a reality. Do you think uh, bringing the Apple, the Google, the Salesforce... Uh, to the table can put a little bit of pressure under the red tape we have because we have a lot of red tape between the the federal and state government on getting these things processed. Is that your opinion? I think these companies are willing to come to the table because they want their workforce to be happy, which is just plain old smart business. So let's help them. Let's give them some of our ideas and see how they can may want to take the opportunity to assist us in that. Um, I know for a fact that, well, not for a fact, but I have heard if you are interviewing some of the companies you've just listed, it can be like a five-interview process. And they're flying people in from SFO, and they're trying to get the shuttles and go to their interviews or they're picked up somehow. You're just improving, again, that BART connection to SFO and this transit center and our entire region here is very important in moving people from A to B. And that would, again, goes back to the quality of life. We want to make that easier for people. And I think people need to be more concerned about what's right in front of us. The focus seems to be, you know, let's add a commuter lane on the freeway. Well, we still have a lot of cars. 
So we still haven't got rid of the single cars, uh, single driver cars, as we can see the commuter lanes or the toll lanes are not necessarily answers uh, to the problem, is it? No, I don't think it is. And I think we need to shift the focus to what's in front of us. Well, let's shift the focus a little bit because I think you're, you're, you're talking the same thing I'm talking about, and that's cooperation with the surrounding cities. Um, it would, seems like it would behoove uh, Milbrae as well as Burlingame as well as San Mateo to kind of work together, whether it's their city councils or their mayors, and come up with some ideas. Because it seems the San Mateo County, when we have over, what, 20 cities in San Mateo County, uh, that it would be a big ordeal to get everybody at the table. So maybe we can just take one piece of the elephant at a time. What do you think of that? Well, we have the MTC, and we also have in San Mateo County the CCAG, City and County Associations of Governments. So San Mateo County is unique in just that aspect of it. Um, we also have the Council of Cities. So we as council members and mayors get together once a month in different cities so we can see what's happening in other cities and we can exchange information and discuss what's happening. So as we, small example, these bike share programs, well, I'm talking to Burlingame and I'm talking to San Bruno because we are right next to each other here and we want our residents, if they are traveling borders, somebody's going to Burlingame or somebody's going from Burlingame to San Bruno. We want to assist in making that convenient for people. Most people don't know, um, unless they've campaigned or walked around a lot of cities, there are a lot of people that use bicycles just to get to their work. Well, that happens so early in the morning. <laughs> they wouldn't, you wouldn't, the average person wouldn't see that. How many uh, bike miles do you have uh, right now for bi or bikes? Uh, and, and I think you guys have been working on some new trails too, haven't you? Yeah, we have, and we will continue to do so. We're improving the uh, bike lane. We've got some funding. So from the um, bay side there into the station area, and we will continue to do all of that. Uh, but again, it misses the big picture. Yeah, we'd love people to take bikes, but the big picture is... I want them to get on the trains. Well, one of, the one of our goals with podcasts by the Bay is to have the mayors more than just communicate when they go to those meetings because we find out that that's real important and the buzzword is they have a good time, they come up with good ideas, but sometimes they seem to forget to take action with it at the, at the event. So we're hoping that the constituents or the people out there on listening to podcasts of the Bay We'll reach out to the mayors, reach out to the city managers and give them their ideas. Uh, and we, we feel it's a new communication level that um, would hopefully attempt to solve some of the problems that we see in the peninsula since everybody's listening to podcasts. Um, well, we, we, we are doing that. Trust me. I mean, that is the basis of our job is to get things to resolution. A lot of times it's not as quickly as people would like, but... That is our job, and that's how we pursue it within our limited budgets, and we try to get things done as efficiently as possible. I mean, you have to realize, too, Millbrae is some 60 years old right now, which means the pipes are 60 years old and the sewers and the water system, and a lot of infrastructure costs come into play right now, and smart is that you need to address them now before they break and before they become a tragedy within the city. Gina, I would like to uh, 
give this time to you to absolutely brag about your many years of public service, and especially for Milbury. What what some of the accomplishments that you were able to to get done that were challenges? You know, I don't keep a track record, but I enjoy working within my community, and I think the community is really coming together. Dynamically, it has changed. We've become a lot more diverse, which is a good thing. And I think that the different programs that we have now, we have Lunar New Year, we have all different kinds of celebrations. It brings people together here. We have enormously strong service groups with the Lions Club and the Rotaries. We have a powerful school system here. It's all about community as a whole and bringing in new businesses where we can. So Living Spaces has just joined our community when... um, Trader Joe's came in, uh, Safeway was remodeled to state-of-the-art and open. I've never seen a nicer Safeway than that. That And we're open 24 hours, Uh so you can come anytime you want there. We have a huge amount of potential there, and um, it's just a joy to work with the community. And right now, too, with all these developments, get them engaged in this process. It becomes a little frustrating for people to say, whoa, How did it get this far and we didn't know about it? That's what's unusual when projects like this happen is that that people kind of feel like, oh, my gosh, it's too late. We don't have a say. You do have a say here. We have a station plan, and we want to hear from our public as things progress. Um, It becomes uh, impactful that you get people from outside coming in, telling you what you should be doing. And we have to look big picture-wise. We have to look at what impacts our city and the sustainability of the city as well. None of us are trying to avoid our obligations as far as housing goes. We're going to get there. But people have to understand we also have a sustainability. Well, Gina, I want to leave with one question. What does it mean to you to be a public servant? What do you expect um, of yourself and what do you expect of your colleagues while working with them? I expect of myself is that I'm doing my public service for the community. It's not about me. And I would hope that my colleagues were in the same mindset, is that what we do, the time we dedicate, is to making our cities better, our region better, our communities better. You can't operate as an I person, (laughs) Too much I is not healthy at all. This is about the we. This is about the community. And that's what I get the greatest joy from, too, is making things happen for the community and making our city better uh, is very, very rewarding. Well, Gina, on behalf of Podcast by the Bay, we want to thank you for being a public servant. And uh, it was very exciting to have the opportunity to interview you and uh, good luck on becoming, or good luck on being mayor. And uh, I know you're going to continue to be in public service. Thanks again from Podcast by the Bay. Thanks, Patrick.
Wow. Where I got to say, I haven't heard that in a long time. And that's actually my, my, uh, my dad, Leo DeVito, playing piano. And it's myself playing saxophone on that track. And that's Naima, right? That's uh, John Coltrane's Naima. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at HighwaySoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.Liberty-RealtyInvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. All material is property and copyrighted by Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.